You're listening to True Heart. Amy and Scott Mallon dive deep with celebrities, mavericks, visionaries, and real-life heroes to find out what sets their souls on fire. Get ready for some trockings. Here's Amy and Scott. If you want to learn how the power of positivity can change your life, keep it locked here to the True Heart Show with us, Amy and Scott Mallon. On today's show, we are so excited to welcome cancer survivor and thriver, D. Anthony Evans, one of the most inspiring and amazing human beings you will ever meet. Yeah, D. Anthony's a game changer. I promise you, you've never heard a story like this, and it will inspire you in your own life for sure. So don't go anywhere. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Feel free to give us a great review. And um, if you want the full experience, go to YouTube and subscribe there. And don't forget, if you ever search the web, uh, check out trueheart.com. It's our search engine that gives you the same great results. Uh, it's a free and easy way to give back and power donations to six amazing nonprofits that are changing the world. Our friends at This Saves Lives are giving you the chance to win a year-long subscription to The Table. This means you can order a box of their yummy bars every month for a year. Head on over to at WeAreTrueHeart on Instagram and tell us who you're grateful to be sharing your table with this holiday season. Don't forget to tag your family and friends. This Saves Lives created the table as a platform to help solve severe acute malnutrition. Now you can make a difference every month just by snacking on food that gives back. From all of us at True Heart and our friends at This Saves Lives, we wish you a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Today's episode is the power of positivity, and we have an amazing guest. D. Anthony Evans is a cancer survivor and thriver. He's had over 385 tumors removed, and almost 10 years ago was told he had six months to live. He's still here, and he's living proof of what is possible. D is a fitness warrior and plant-based lifestyle coach. He's lobbied Congress with the American Cancer Society, and he's a mentor to at-risk youth. He oozes positivity, joy, and gratitude. Get ready to be wowed. So let's check out our chat with D. Anthony. Well, D. Anthony, we're going to jump in with a segment we call Trockings. It's a little mashup word we created um, for true talking. <laughs> she, she really created it. <laughs> Just go with it. But it's basically a way for people to get to know you with some um, fun, thought-provoking um, questions. Love. Fire in our house. Exactly. So, <laughs> about it. <laughs> the first question is, if you could travel forwards or backwards in time, what year would you go to and why? Oh, boy. Ah, that's a, that's a, that's a real good question. Um, this is probably break us out into an amazing conversation. My, I would go back to September 13th. 1993. Um, that was the day that my mother didn't come through her blood transfusion, and we met at the hospital after school, um, like we usually did on transfusion day. And I did not leave with her and was an orphan overnight. So, you know, I don't mean to be a, be a sour note in the first question, but if I could go back to a date and change something, man. I, it's a whole lot of things I would have told my mom before, um, you, you know, I, I thought we were going home that day. It, it's just a whole lot of things 
Um, if it was her time, I understand that. Nobody's in control of that. But it's just so much I had to say um, that I didn't get an opportunity to. But I'm going to still keep it bright. That's the day I go back to, though. Great question. What would you say to your mom if you had the chance? Well, you know, I, I would, you know, we're, I was born on her birthday. So, you know, we're the same person. And I'm not going to say it was always roses. It was me and her, though. And it was her raising herself because every attribute and accolade, I have everything that, that, that she had. We're, we're identical, except the disease I was born with. But other than that, being born on her birthday, it's just a lot of, I, we, we weren't on the best of terms just because I was 16 and I thought I was a man and I was taller than her. So it was a lot of, you know, mom being mom and I still had to be home before the street lights. It's just, I just would have, I would have loved her a little more. I took her for granted in the sense that I, I thought I had all this time and I, I just didn't. I just tell her how much I love her and, Probably would have spent more time with it. I just would have been a better son. I was growing up, though. Well, if there's one thing I know from being a parent, it's that, you know, you know, you know deep down how your kids feel about you, regardless of what they're going through. You just know. And I, you know, so I always feel like, you know, when the relationship is on a deep level, like obviously yours was with your mom she knew, you know, there's no yeah. way she didn't know. Even, and I know too, like when our son becomes a teenager, I'm already preparing. God help us when our daughter becomes a teenager. But like, you know, these are the years, like you got to get through them. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely, Scott. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that means a lot. Um, I, I, I like to think that you're right and she knew how much. It's me on my end, like, man, you could have did this a little different. Uh, you could have not went to summer camp because it was September 13th. It was the second week of school. And I had just been going the whole summer doing my basketball thing. And it's just, you know, it's just a lot of time that that those prior, like, 90 days, uh, we could have been doing things had I, I known. But, you know. Everything happens for a reason. I definitely wouldn't be on this podcast if it went the other way. So um, it wouldn't be helping people all over the world. And honestly, she had to die for me to live because my mother wouldn't have never, no matter how old I was, let me tell my doctor, thank you, but no, thank you. She would have picked the bat up or whatever, but you're listening to your doctor. Um, so it, it, it's so many facets and levels to this story. Like she had to go so I could do what I'm doing right now because I, I would have done chemo and not because I had any choice because I would have never broke my mother's heart. That That's that's the reason. Well, that's a beautiful way of, of looking at it because, you know, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but my, my favorite book of all time is by this guy, Viktor Frankl. And uh, he wrote this book called Man's Search for Meaning. And his whole... His whole point, uh, he lived through the Holocaust in the concentration camp and he went around and he uh, asked other inmates, you know, other prisoners, not inmates, obviously prisoners. Um, so, yeah, Viktor Frankl asked these other prisoners in the camp, what keeps you going? Why? 
you know, why aren't you giving up? Some people did give up, you know, and some people didn't. And he was really interested in the people who didn't give up. Like, why didn't you give up? And from that, he took three things away of why people want to keep living. This is mm. one of the most extreme situations you could ever imagine. So it was really like a, a really interesting way to find out, to get to the core of what makes people want to live um, right. in the worst situations. And it was either love that I have to live because I have to see my wife again or my children again or my parents again. <clears throat> the second one was work. I wanna, I have to live so that I, I, I gotta finish this thing. I wanna write a book or I wanna do something that I haven't done yet. And then the third thing, which I think is the most powerful is um, I found meaning in this suffering. And I was, no matter what they did in the camp or in the camps, uh, it was always up to you. You've always had the freedom to choose what path you were going to take, if you were going to let it destroy you or you were going to let it make you stronger. That was on you. You didn't have control over your surroundings. You didn't have control over the guards. You didn't have control over anything except for how are you going to respond to it? That was your freedom and you could never give that away. And so, you know, it, it seems like in your case, like you're one of those. And I think Amy is like this too. Um, like powerful, inspiring people, souls that, you know, their fire can't be extinguished. And it's because no matter what happens to you, it's never going to break you. And um, those are the strongest, most powerful, most inspiring, most memorable kinds of people who will ever live on this planet. So that's my kind of takeaway. That's uh, that's amazing, Scott. And it's, it's really congruent with with a lot of the things that, that I say that my teacher, the, um, the Buddhist monk instilled in me, and he was like, you know, the only thing you do have control of is the way you respond to the tragedies that happen to you, not the good stuff. Everybody can be good when it's good. It's how you respond in the middle of the quicksand. Um, and, and that's kind of what you're saying, and it, that's very hard for the average person Unless you've been trained, um, this fight or flight is no joke. It, it's real, but yeah, that's that's an amazing takeaway. What's the name of the book? It's called Man's Search for Meaning, and it's Man's by Search for Meaning. Yeah, okay. it's my favorite book because I just feel like it gets to the core of like why we're here and what it is we're meant to do with our lives. You know, you know. Yeah, the, the point it is sounds like a point. James Allen type. You know, as a man thinking type. Uh, book like I'm really in this into that gentleman. Uh, we we have a conversation every morning. I listen to that guy, but yeah, that that's excellent. Scott. All right, well, well, I got the I got the next question for you. Well, hold on before you do that, Scott. I've been sitting here crying the whole time. Um, and I'm and sorry, <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, good tears, tears of connection. You know, with you and and I just wanted to say as it relates to your mom. Um, I really do believe that love is the most powerful force in the universe. And I know we emailed about this, but when I saw your Mother's Day post and this powerful, beautiful rap that you wrote about missing your mom, 
I just felt something so um, deep inside my heart connected to you because it was the way that I feel about my Nima, my, my grandma who raised me. And, you know, even though I was lucky to have, you know, 30 something years with her, um, it was still never enough time. And I know you can relate to that. And uh, I would do anything just to get five more minutes with her to hug her one more time. But it was like when she passed that I couldn't breathe. I, I think I told you like her love was like oxygen to me. And I had this very physical reaction when she died where I felt like I was having a panic attack and it was hard for me to breathe. And I realized that I relied on her love so much throughout my life to keep me safe and to feel like there was someone in my corner who believed in me. It really sustained me in my darkest days. And then when she physically wasn't here, I didn't know, like, how could I, how could I live without feeling that love every day without hearing this voice tell me that she's there for me and everything's going to be okay. And then I came to realize that the mind is so powerful. And as you said, D'Anthony, it's how we respond to things. So I didn't want to go into this like pit of depression and despair. So I decided instead of concentrating on feeling that I lost something, realizing that what I had all of these years, no one could ever take away from me. And it was the most beautiful and precious gift that I am so thankful for. And this bond that we had is really eternal. And even though my Nima is not here in the physical form, I, you know, I wear something of hers every day. Like this is one of her necklaces and okay. I just want to feel like connected to her, but I yes. That energy around me and around our family. And so I choose to focus on that. And that's right. why I know when I saw this amazing video you put out that even though your mom's not with you in the physical form, you turned out to be this amazing bright light in the world. And I know that she is shining down on you with so Thank much you. love and pride. And she just sees all of this as part of your journey and your everything and more than she could have ever dreamed of. I, I know that. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I wish I could jump through the screen and hug you in person. Like <laughs> so give you oh, virtual hugs. We haven't even got through the second question. Man. <laughs> I know. Look, I got my tissues. <laughs> I had paper towels. <laughs> All we need is Oprah to come through, you know? It feels like yeah. an Oprah moment. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, well, D'Anthony, you've been kicking cancer's ass since you're six years old. How do you stay so positive? And what would you say to kids who are fighting cancer um, so they they are inspired to keep going? You know, um, it, it's it's all a mind game, um, as you alluded to, you know, in the other segment. Um, it, but see, you have to know your mind. So what helped me was just understanding and, and having an amazing mother that 
told me, yeah, you have these tumors, but these are the best tumors on earth. And, and she, I just believed my mother, you know, um, her encouragement. Even though I saw what I saw, she was telling me, like, nobody sees it. You know, that's your strength. And, 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 and you know, it didn't really affect me, affect me until people began to tease me. And then it, 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 it forced my mindset. I had to face it because I, I get real, I get real wound up and didn't want to talk. And then if you push the issue, it became a fight when I was younger because you just wouldn't leave me alone. Um, but my mother had always instilled in me that you're different, you know, and, and this is just how it is. And it's either going to make you or break you. I didn't listen to that. I was depressed. Um, I was in pain. But in reflection, you know, when I got sick at 35 in 2012, everything that she said kind of came back, you know, um, in, in my head in, in how to move forward through the turbulence. Because I'm going to tell you from the age six to about 18, um, it was moderate pain, okay? And then from the age 18 on, it, it was it was consistent with wasp, wasp stinging you, like, you know, on the fly. You'd just be walking and get zapped and then have to act normal and, and learn how to, you know, I'd be doing different things and the pain would come out of nowhere and just zap me. Um, and it was it was kind of I, I feel like a, a pre-lesson to everything that my, my my teacher reiterated, because, you know, his whole philosophy is we were born to suffer. Like, you know, when you stop feeling anything, you're, you're kind of in the celestial and you're dead. So be grateful for your pain, which was hard to hear when I first, you know, met him. But then like into the, the, first, the, the second and third year of our relationship. My pain became my power, um, figuratively and physically. I'd go in the gym, and it's me versus the other me, the one that wants me to be depressed and the one that wants me to complain about anything. and ask God, why did you do this to me? That guy versus this guy that refuses to accept that as a reality. And they would go in that gym, and my teacher would call it emptying your cup. If you don't empty your cup every day, it's going to overflow into your personal life. So through these behaviors, um, you know, it is how that has become a game. Like, I know you're trying to screw my day up, pain, but guess what? You're going to have to try tomorrow. And it's narrowing everything down to moments. And not like, I don't, I plan, but then I don't get wrapped up in it if I, it doesn't work out. Because we're not guaranteed five minutes from now, really. You know, if you want to be totally honest, um, none of us are. I mean, we're really not guaranteed our next inhale and exhale. Nobody looks at life like that, you know, until you almost lose it, including me. That's the only reason I'm like I am. But my journey has shown me how to live. Like, I wasn't living before, you know. I was existing I thought life was good, you know. Um, I was very successful in what I was doing, but I was ignoring, you know, this disease. I wasn't following up. I wasn't, I was being a man, Scott. 
and just letting it go and you know it'll work itself out and until it almost cost me my life that negligence and so when you almost lose this life that so many of us take for granted you know it it, it kind of is a wake-up call and, and i'm just i'm not one of those woke people but i'm fully woken up you know to what life is really about um I hope that explained it a little bit, Amy. You got me off on a tangent. No, that's that's good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible, DeAnthony, with the amount of physical pain that you deal with on a daily basis, how you make it through each day, but not just that, with like this huge smile on your face and this this purpose to channel your pain into a powerful way to help others. Um, the suffering has not been in vain because you are inspiring millions of people with your amazing story. And so, you know, I just wanted to ask, cause there are so many kids and we've worked with so many incredibly inspiring kids, um, you know, from all over the world who are battling terminal and chronic illnesses. What would you say to them um, to give them that hope to keep fighting? I would tell them that the chances of me being alive I like one literally in a million. I'm in that percentile of surviving through terminal bone cancer that was two pounds, seven centimeters on my spine. And I would just tell them the odds um, and, and then correlate that to them and whatever the bad news they hear. Because as children, my doctor was never like how amazing my life was going to be. He kind of told me that, you know, be lucky that I'm alive. Don't look for too much. Don't think about sports. He told me it wasn't going to be a great life. So who I am in the world, I would look the children in the face like I do and tell them that for some reason, the universe chose you to have this so you can inspire everybody else. Because that's literally what I tell They like, how can you be like this? And I'd be like, because maybe God chose me to lose my mom at 16 and have 11 back-to-back nine-hour operations and 385 tumors removed from my body and be told I have six months to live. And I'm at my 10-year anniversary with no medicine like, at all, with no Western medicine. Like, I'm the long shot. And I would tell them, you have to hold on to being the long shot, no matter what they say, because they're not going to tell you good news. This is how I mentor my patients. Like doctors aren't trained to tell you good news. Uh, it's just, it's, 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 they're trained to kind of give you the odds so you don't, they don't, you don't put them in a corner. And they're not like, well, you told me, no, they didn't tell you anything. And that's where a lot of us get let down, like revering the doctor. We do need doctors, but the doctor isn't God. Like my doctor told me to, you know, go meet with the hospice nurse you know and i just encourage the, the children to respect your doctor but know that there's somebody greater you know that really has the last say and a lot of people don't understand that it's just doc said this so i'm gonna give up no i reject that i reject that your story is mind-blowing uh in so many ways uh, I mean, it, it, it defies words, um, because it, 
beyond just the what you've been through, which is more than uh, I think anyone will any person could ever think that they could get through and not only survive, but in your case, thrive. Um, I think people. I think their biggest question, I mean, I mean, I think one of their biggest questions would be, well, how, how did you get through this? You know, what is it in your lifestyle? I mean, we certainly are empathetic to your, um, and agree with your philosophy about, you know, look, Western medicine has its place. It's not that Western medicine is bad or wrong. There is a place for it but it's not the end all and be all and it doesn't know everything and it doesn't have all the answers. And there's a, there's a limit to what it can do for you. Um, and there's real downsides to some of the things it can do and there's dangers and risks. And, um, so just give us a little insight into your lifestyle and what it is that you do with it, with your diet and your, your training and, uh, I am a huge believer in this third part, which is stress, you know, the real silent kind of killer of your immune system. What do you do on a daily basis? And what do you what would you tell other people? Like, look, these are the things that work for me. But, you know, there's real science behind this stuff, too. This isn't a bunch of mumbo jumbo like yeah. meditation works, plant based works, weight training, uh, training works. But like, what is it specifically that you that you like to do? Well, specifically, you know, um, and again, I have to give all of this to my teacher because I believe we're only as good as the information. And, you know, I was given a second chance uh, with a different lifestyle because of David Choi. And it was it, it was real simple. He said, do you angry? And anger is going to kill you. Um, and I was very angry. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was I was an angry guy when I got sick. I was not Mr. Positive Energy. I just did a 35-year run, run in pain. Um, and I, I, I was at the end of my rope. And what he told me, he said, D, you have to learn how to just appreciate where you're at in the moment and then from there once you, you're still then you can do everything else but he said in the morning and in the evening before bed i need you to do two things he said the first thing i need you to do before bed is be like you know self we had a great day and if i don't see you tomorrow it's been a great life he basically taught me how to die every night and when i say that it, it, it's creating a mindset within your body subconsciously. Because when you die every night, guess what? Every single morning is your birthday. So if your birthday is every morning, guess what I do when I wake up? I, my eyes open. And this took three years to pre-program my thought process. But literally, when I wake up and my pain wakes me up, like I'm going to wake up on the line, something's throbbing. But I do this. I get to tap on myself and then I'll smile. Like it's an automatic, I don't care what's going on. It's an automatic smile like, man, you made it. And then the pain's still there. And then I start my day. Um, I, I start with uh, pine nuts. 
and people are like pine nuts, that's your pesto. <laughs> well, actually, you know, one cup of pine nuts is 900 calories and 18 grams of protein. I do like four and a half pounds every five to seven days, every week, if you will. And that allows me to maintain, um, you know, the physical mass that they say plant-based and vegan people can't, or, or bodybuilders or weightlifters or athletes, they just say we can't hold mass and that's, that's completely false. Um, and then people are like, well, that's a lot of calories, 900 calories. And then if you're doing four pounds, that's thousands and thousands of calories, which is true. But plant fuel and flesh fuel are not congruent in the sense that plant right. fuel burns like a firecracker. That's right. It's animal equivalent burns like a candle. Yeah. You know, a person that eats, you know, the other that eats the other protein, by the time you're at lunch, breakfast hasn't even got to your, your small intestine. Like you, yeah. you you still have breakfast and it's on top of lunch, and then you don't chew. Um, so today <laughs> basically is teaching people how to how to do this, do what I do, but what it encompasses. It's a positive mindset, the nutrition, and some sweating, strength training for me. Um, and what that does is it gets all the toxins out. But the reason I'm here is because I have a very clean GI system. Um, and, and that goes to my teacher, too. Everybody goes to get a colon cleanse. Um, but your colon is plugged into your GI, and your GI is 30 feet. So if you have a clean colon and a dirty garden hose, I mean, are you really healthy? And the doc, this is my problem with Western medicine. Like, why am I telling people this? Um, so I show people and I show myself, not show myself, but I'm very conscious about what goes in and how fast it comes out because it's just about absorption and elimination for me. Um, and, and all of this is through repetition. Um, and as far as the meditation aspect, my teacher doesn't believe that I wasn't taught meditating is going into the corner by yourself or the woods for three months. And he has a different approach. He says every single act that you do, that you put all your awareness in is a meditation. Yeah. Driving is a meditation. Yeah. You shouldn't be thinking about anything else while you're driving. We do. But if you were really driving the way you're supposed to be driving, you there should be nothing else going on. That's how our rules of the road say this is what we said we were going to do. None of us do it. But he brings everything in the context. He said eating is the most important, the most important um, meditation that you can do. Like I was an inhaler because I ate 10,000 calories a day, 40 pounds of chicken breast a month, and weighing casing three or four. I know why I got sick because I was on the mountain going to be the strongest guy in the world, kid. And I was 315 pounds and I was full of undigested food. Yeah. So people talk about science. There's not a scientist in the world that would disagree with me that if you have undigested food that's fermenting and becoming uric acid at very high levels, it's probably going to create the environment for disease. That's not astrophysics. 
And most of us have excess visceral fat. That's not the, the flabby stuff on, on this side of the skeletal. It's the stuff that you can only see when they crack your crack your, your chest open for a, a heart exam. But that's the fat that's killing us. And the only way to get rid of visceral fat is by not depositing the same things to put it there in the first place. Or lipos, liposuction. So my whole life and my whole day consists of pine nuts as a fuel source. I don't even look at it as, as food. I look at it like for my machine to run optimally, I have to get this amount of pine nuts in it and everything else throughout the day is a bonus and a snack to, to, to build around that so I don't focus on knowing that for the rest of my life, it will be fueled by pine nut stew. Because if you focus on that, that doesn't sound like a great life. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't look too good either. But the, the, the way my arms look and the way my skin is going, and I can't get life insurance, you know, because I'm terminal, it's hilarious, you know? <laughs> and on paper, I, I'm not insurable. In the physical, you'll be like, man, he has these molds, but I have to prove to people I'm sick. It used to piss me off. Like, you're really here at questioning, like, what cancer? I can't just say I had cancer. They'd be like, what kind? And what, what, how do you spell that? I'm like, wow, I must look that good that you think I'm lying about being a terminal cancer patient. So it makes me laugh now. But my lifestyle is fitness, positive mind, and nutrition, to, to sum it up into three things. And if I'm mentoring you, that, those are the first three things that I hammer into your head like they were hammered into mine. True Heart is brought to you by Tushy. Are you still wiping your butt with all that toilet paper you hoarded last year? How's that going for you? Let me introduce you to a new way to clean after you handle your business. Meet Hello Tushy. Tushy is the modern bidet that easily clips to any toilet and installs in just 10 minutes. Starting at just $99, Tushy sprays a precise stream of clean water and washes away all of that literal crap that toilet paper leaves behind. Upgrade your bathroom experience by going to hellotushy, T-U-S-H-Y dot com. That's hellotushy.com. Tushy saves the environment and reduces your carbon butt print. Tushy saves you money on toilet paper and Tushy saves your butt. Go to hellotushy, that's T-U-S-H-Y dot com. Stop wiping, start washing with Tushy. True Heart is brought to you by This Saves Lives. This Saves Lives is a ridiculously delicious food brand that gives back. Every single purchase sends life-saving food to a child in need. Co-founders Kristen Bell, Ryan Devlin, Todd Grinnell, and Ravi Patel launched This Saves Lives with a simple motto, buy a bar, feed a child, we eat together. Now with more than just bars, their products contain premium ingredients and are non-GMO, gluten-free, and kosher dairy. Their unique line of kids' products all contain one full serving of fruits and vegetables and are safe for school. To buy their ridiculously delicious snacks, head on over to thissaveslives.com. True Heart is brought to you by Half United. For over a decade, lifestyle brand Half United has been using fashion to feed people all over the world. To break the cycle of generational poverty, the community provides gainful employment to local artisans in vulnerable communities who create their handmade and sustainable products. 
For every Half United product purchase, seven meals are given to a child in need. Half United has donated over 1 million meals to date. Shop their beautiful jewelry, tees, handbags, and home accessories at halfunited.com and help fight global hunger. True Heart is brought to you by Brothers Meatballs. Say ciao to tradition and hello to your new favorite plant-based Italian bistro in Los Angeles, Brothers Meatballs. Brothers Meatballs was founded by brothers and food industry veterans Mauro and Sergio Corbia, who hail from the Isle of Sardinia, Italy. When they joined forces with second-generation Italian chef Mark Middleman, their self-proclaimed brother from another mother, the concept for Brothers Meatballs was born. Mauro was the founder and creator of Mauro's Cafe inside Fred Siegel, a long-standing LA hotspot. Dissatisfied with the amount of plant-based dining options, reminiscent of the home-cooked meals their mother once made, the brothers were determined to create a menu so delicious it would appeal to herbivores and omnivores alike. Inspired by the food mama so lovingly prepared for Sunday suppers, these meatballs are a modern take on a family classic. All menu items are 100% plant-based and made with mama's secret ingredient, love. Angelinos can order lunch and dinner Wednesday through Sunday at brothersmeatballs.com. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Just a quick reminder, you can find us on YouTube or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a good review if you're enjoying yourself and a five-star rating. And uh, that's it. Let's get back into our conversation with D'Anthony. Well, it sounds like you know, when, you talk to, when you think about most people, they have what you would call a pretty big margin for error, right? You know, especially your 20s, you're healthy, you think you're immortal. And you can do yes. anything, you're drinking, you're smoking, you know, you're eating whatever you want, and you're still pretty thin, and you're like, oh, fine, right? And then right. you get older, the margin of error starts creeping down, and then you hit like your 40s or 50s, and you're like, you start getting those blood tests back, and you're like, your doctor's like, mm, I think you need to change some stuff up. Right. You don't have a margin for error. And so you're right. you're a perfect example of someone you have to be perfect. And but the thing that's amazing is, is you have found that perfection. You have like found where you need to be to thrive. And that's a place that, I mean, by necessity, you found it. But man, can you imagine if other people applied that and yes. what it would do for them too? Because I mean, I, I mean, you know, the stats, we know the stats, like, you know, the amount of two thirds of Americans are obese and, right. you know, what we're eating is killing us. And, you know, we sit in front of screens all day and everybody knows this. And, and you know, what you said, everything you said was amazing. Um, one of the things I think about and I, and I need to get better at is this idea of meditation while you're eating, because I think, you know, we eat thoughtlessly, we eat in front of the television or even when we're talking to people, you know, you just, you're not paying any attention to the food, even if it's really expensive, good food, or you spend right. making it, you're not paying any, you know, you eat it in 10, 30 seconds, you know, and that's it, right? right? You're cleaning up. Right. And I remember hearing something that you're supposed to chew approximately 50 times before you even swallow it, right? And imagine that 50 times. Like if you swallow, if I swallow, if you chew, if I chewed five to 10 times, I think that'd be pretty good. Um, <laughs> but just if you use that as a meditation, you know, I got to chew this food 50 times, especially if you're eating, obviously, something like salad. You got to unlock the fiber and the nutrients. But right. Man, like, I mean, just a simple lesson like that. would Because 
the whole point is it's just like alcohol. Like you can drink 10 beers in, in 10 minutes and then it hits you. Right. But you can right. get just like food. You can eat 3000, 4000, 5000 calories before your body, even your brain starts to send that satiety signal. And you're like, I'm starting to feel sick. If you Correct. Start, you Correct. Correct. And, and what's interesting is, so one of my, his, the second lesson was he, he explained that, you know, we were in, in the West, he said, they don't teach you about chewing at all. Um, and being I was a power lifter, I definitely didn't chew anything. Um, but he said, you know, Kobayashi, this was the example he gave me. Kobayashi was the Japanese guy that could eat a hundred hot dogs on um, ESPN, right? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he was winning money eating hot dogs, right? And he was like, the University of Japan proposed Kobe Kobayashi, um, I think it was fifty or a hundred thousand dollars if he could do the same, chew the same amount if he chewed 25 to 30 times um, each hot dog as yeah. opposed to stuffing them. Yeah. And Kobayashi got to like seven and threw up. <laughs> and I teach you how he explains it. He says, being in your stomach, it has signals, right? He said, but most people, they eat, they hamper eat. Like you stuff clothes into a hamper. That's yeah. how you, you, you eat with your food. But see, your food, when you eat like that, it hasn't become like a liquid because you haven't chewed it the correct way. He said, so it's not touching all of the signals. He said, think about water. When you drink four cups of water, if you try to drink that five, fifth cup, you know you're going to throw up. He said, that's a signal that went to your brain and said, that's enough water. If you put some more, it's coming out. Like, we've all been there. Like, okay, that's enough. Um, and the same thing is supposed to be applied to food. Like the GI is not compressed in the six inches for clumpy, like clothes, if you will. Like clumpy stuff wasn't made to move through 30 feet before it reaches the digestive system. Um, but that's very interesting that you said that because it's, it's the whole signal thing. But today, Scott, I'd like you to at least chew 15 times and I promise you get full faster because your food will have expanded more and become your stomach, like Bruce Lee, become the glass, the water becomes whatever it goes in. It's the same thing. If you can get your food to become your stomach, then it's coming out too. Like if you just think about the chain reaction after that behavior, it's just behavior. We gotta unlearn our bad habits and just implement this, this new behavior if you wanna be here post COVID. I'm just going to tell everybody the truth. If you want to be here, and I don't hear this at all, you need, as a person, as an individual, need to be learning about your immune system and how to strengthen it, okay? And you're not going to move from situation to situation. You need to know that I know I'm doing my part. Like, medicine is not going to save you from everything. That, that, those are facts. Um, and, and I would encourage everybody listening, like, you're, there's nothing more important than your immune system. And if you do some research, your gut is the central part of your immune system. But yet we take it for granted. 
All right, that's my little tangent on the gut and the immune system. I love it. I love it. You're and, uh, you know, uh, we agree 100%. Like the um, digestive tract is always overloaded, always, always digested. People wonder, like, why am I? You know, the thing I, I think about too is, you know, you eat a certain way, and it's the only way you've ever eaten. That feels normal. And, right. you know, it's just, I tell my, I tell my son this all the time, you know, it, it's not so much of right and wrong. It's just your perspective. It's just how you have seen the world and that's your experience. And so like you go to a buffet and you see people like, you know, the, the mountains of food and what they eat and right. they feel exhausted after, but that's normal to them. That's just typical. That's how you're supposed to feel when you're done eating. And it takes, as you said, forming a new habit, trying something different, where all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, I actually have, I'm supposed to have more energy after I eat than before I eat? That is a, that is a concept that is so foreign to people because they're, they need to take a nap after most meals. And so, and so everything you're saying, like the idea, like you said, 15, you're hundred percent right. And, and I, I'm taking that away from this for sure, because you talk about Me too. obesity, you talk about eating the wrong foods or eating too much of, you know, the wrong foods, anything that you're doing, if you just eat slower, you will eat less. There's yes. just science. I mean, you can't, you, your yes. safety signals will go off and you can't, you will, you will get sick. If you keep, you can eat an entire plate in five minutes but if you try to eat that plate in 30 minutes you won't get through it um so anyway i'll leave it be but i i love everything you're saying everything you're saying is right on target it's people need to know this and hear it and put it into practice because that's that's how you change habits you know that's you just do it just try it well and we know anthony you have this amazing vision which would help bring these concepts to life and bring people on this journey of health. And it's through this mana preventative um, health farm that yeah. uh, you're hoping to make a reality. So so tell us a little bit about that. Um, and, and we know that it's going to be based in Hawaii, which is one of our favorite places in the world and where we feel most spiritually connected to Mother Earth and, and nature. So tell us about that vision. Once we saw that Chicago was, was just, it was spinning out of control. And I'm I, as well as I'm doing. I can't pretend like can cured by any stretches of imagination. There's no cure for this sarcoma, but we have figured out how to take it to undetectable levels. And that's kind of what my teacher said. Like I don't know how to kill or cure, but I do know how to live harmonious and teach your body how to live with this situation. And that's kind of the I don't cure anything. Like I still have been in. And I'd be very arrogant to say that I'm cancer free because I just know too much. This is my life. And I understand we all you got cancer cells. We all do. And they congregate for certain reasons. And I know mine just aren't congregating right now, but they're for sure there. I say all that to say is I wanted to create something where I can teach this. I can fly other influences in the space to give seminars and 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 be like the D's version of the Ann Wigmore Institute. If you could give people like, you know, a couple foods, let's say your top three or top five foods uh, or, or liquids 
um, that you think really, because I know it's it's an all encompassing, this is a trick question, because we know it's an all encompassing lifestyle, you know, it's not just one thing. But what are the things, you know, you mentioned pine nuts, but what are the things that you really feel like are really key, as you said, to having your cancer get cells not congregate, uh, you know, not replicate, not turn into tumors, not grow? Um, what do you think are those foods that really like your go to superstars? So in in my mentoring, before we even get to food, I put you through uh, organic turmeric and um, sodium bicarbonate, commonly referred to as baking soda cleanse that is going to shake all the particles that are aligning your GI. The first thing I have to do is clean. Everything goes back to the GI because the acidity is created by fermenting flesh. I mean, burgers are flesh. When all of the burger doesn't leave, it stays and it turns into something else that's bad. So the first thing would be turmeric and Bob Redmill's baking soda regimen to first clean and shock your metabolism. Um, and people are like, well, why baking soda? Well, baking soda is the most alkalinic substance we can consume as human beings. Let me ask you a question real quick, Scott, before I go on. What do you think is the number one over-the-counter um, medication in, in America? Uh, antacids? Ah, Scott, because you, you live my lifestyle. You're not, nobody gets it. When the meat eaters don't get it. I love you guys. I wasn't a shot. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Can I get it right? Come on, Scott. Well, yeah, you should ask someone else. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's, um, it's absolutely antacids. And, and the key ingredient in all antacids is sodium bicarbonate. It, it, it forces everything out. And then once you're clean, I would encourage you um, to, to pull the trigger on a protein source. Whether that, and I'm, I'm a nut guy, but if you have a, a nut allergy, you might want to do kale. But I would pick out my protein sources first while mentoring you. Because I feel like everything out there is, is the bonus. If you don't know about the whole food, plant-based lifestyle, which is totally different from plant-based and vegan. Um, and when you're fighting cancer, the name of the game is what you put in your body and how fast it breaks down and leaves. Right, because you, um, you could be, and there's a big misconception out there, you could be a vegan and be eating spaghetti and, you know, tomato sauce and having uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like that's your diet. Yeah, you could be an and, unhealthy vegan. And I would argue you'd be healthier if you ate a little meat and lots of salads and beans and nuts versus just being a vegan. So just because you're a vegan or plant-based doesn't mean you're healthy, right? There's a big difference. There's a huge, huge difference and a huge misconception and a huge charge in the market to take advantage of that ignorance. Because there is a craze to get healthy. There's a wave right now. Everybody sees it. And information, the information is tainted. Like Skittles are vegan. So are Oreos. Um, and, and, and people argue with me that when it's vegan, it doesn't have any meat in it. It's not really about that. Like I'm no meat, no dairy, no yeast, and no sugar. And a lot of people can't give up the gluten. 
and gluten, even though it's it's wheat, wheat today and wheat a hundred years ago in the same wheat. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it doesn't break down. And things that don't break down and leave create disease. There's no like middle ground. And, and that's the whole message that needs to be conveyed to cancer patients specifically. If things are in your body, you know, more than a day, there, there's something, it's going to create a problem. Like your body is already fighting free radicals and it's in the fight of its life just existing. And now you're making it work harder to digest. And that's why everything is kind of blended on the on, on my, if you go on my Instagram or do a little digging, I've done demonstrations of creating your own protein with pine nuts, um, simmering them for seven hours and then putting them in the Vitamix and spinning them and doing a cup of that, depending on how big you want to be, three times a day, two times a day, or one time a day. Um, but finding your protein source um, that's going to accommodate your lifestyle, you know, that's the biggest thing with my athletes. And I, I mentor quite a few. A lot of them are in the closet and don't even want to come out and say they're plant-based. Uh, it's kind of popular now. They still don't want to. They don't want anybody to know. What do you right. say to people who, you know, aren't or don't know that they're not that sick or don't feel sick or aren't, you know, don't have anything at the moment? And they go, man, that sounds great, but that's a lot. I got to give up this and I got to give up. I talk to people, so I can give up the meat, but I can't give right. up. Or I, I can give up meat and cheese, but I ain't giving up pasta. Like how, what do you tell people when they kind of come at you? Like, how am I supposed to do like I can baby step into this a little bit. I'll dip my toe into the pool, but I'm jumping into the pool. It looks bad. It looks real icy in there. What do you tell people? So it's very interesting. Um, and with men, it's one approach. And then with women, it's, a, it's not the same answer. Because I know where both people are coming from. And it's, I know where we're coming. I know what to say to a man that gives me every excuse and everything. I will tell him if he has a gut, I know that he's having issues in the circulation department and it always takes their breath away. <laughs> 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 hey, 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 I, mean, I don't care who you are. I hit you with that uppercut. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I see that coming. That's a and good I'll one. Sit there and I break them down. I say, I can look at you. You can look at you and I can tell that you have to, you know, you need assistance. You can't just do what you need to do when you need to do it. That gets every man, they at least do the detox. I said, <laughs> you know, hey, 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 they don't see me to this day. People from five, six, seven years ago, I went back to eat meat, but I do that detox like every 90 days. <laughs> There's no getting around it. The more gunk you have in you, it thin it, it thickens your blood and the whole flow. So for the men, that's what I tell them. And then like my approach for women, um, there's a there's a section in the mid section that you know from my experience and my coaching and my consulting that women would like to get rid of. And I kind of focus on what the cleanse and what the lifestyle will do. To, so I kind of play off of, of, of what you want your body to look like. And 90% of the women would like their gut to be reduced. 
And once they do the baking soda regimen and the turmeric that I didn't talk about, the turmeric you take before bed, and as you're sleeping and tossing and turning, it's moving up and down your GI, loosening, loosening, loosening. It's acting like a wash while you're sleeping and moving throughout the night. And then when you stand up in the morning, a little more slides down. But see, with, 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 with this process, collectively, your body and inflammation is not going to leave until all of the flesh that's causing the inflammation is gone. And, but it's hard for people to really understand, like to, to admit that, man, I'm walking around with old dead birds in my stomach. Like nobody wants to admit that. I don't know what they think that is right there that, that they, they put on like, Fat is, is is fat of whatever you were eating. Um, and and so when I draw the line to those facts and then I send them a link on the National Institute of Health's website, I don't even post anything if they haven't published an article about it because of all the stuff I've just learned over the last 10 years. People will come at you off of everything you've said. The thing is, I got a PhD that backs up what I say and I always um refer to the NIH. I mean, because that's the that's the highest um um hospital in the land, if you will, the health advocates in the land. Um, but women, I just tell them what I can do and what the lifestyle will do. And I'll say it'll do it in about four to eight weeks. And they'll usually give me that. And I've never had somebody say, you know, it didn't work or they felt worse before they started, because I tell you about every curveball that's coming. The problem with most people in transition is they don't have a support system and everybody thinks they can do it by themselves. I could not have done this without David Choi. That's the bottom line. The other side of my brain would have talked me out of it. Like it would have talked me out of it, would have justified it. I mean, this is how sick I was. In, in my addiction to me, because that's what it is, an addiction. Yeah. David Troy was a big guy in Lifetime Vernon Hills. I was kind of the big guy in Schaumburg at the time. I got sick, and we had several mutual friends. And everybody was saying, just talk to Dave. But see, I knew Dave is the guy that's going to tell me I have to stop eating everything I love. <laughs> and still, while I'm dying, I'm avoiding this guy, avoiding the one person who has raised his hand and said, I can help you because I still thinking about my loss of chicken. So if you don't have somebody to explain to you the power of, of, of meat and memory, body memory, and your body likes what it likes and it is resistant to change, like if somebody hasn't injected that, into your subconscious, it's going to be a fight. And this is not going to be something you want to do. It's going to feel like something you have to do. And then you're you're kind of going to lose because nobody's getting up every day to go to work to eat. You, you know, that's just a lot on top of everything else. But if you, you condition a person's mind, no matter what they say, you, I'll be, I, my biggest thing is give me 90 days and I'll give you your 20s back. Police officers, professional athletes, nobody has ever not been successful because if you follow the behavior, 
the behavior is going to yield the results. This has nothing to do with DeAnthony. I am simply sharing some information that they don't teach in schools. It comes from a Buddhist medicinal handbook that's written in Mandarin. Like, I, I know what I know and, and because of, of who gave it to me. Uh, and very confident. And it'll go up against anybody. Because I know what I, and I'm the proof in my own situation. Um, but that that's kind of been my success with mentoring. And I'm not going to say like refuting what people are saying, but kind of the proof. And then the longevity and the consistency. You can go on my timeline for 10 years, every day the same thing. Peace, 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 beloved. I hope all is well in the space you occupy on the most magnificent planet in the celestial. As usual, I'm humbled, grateful, and appreciative to the most high in the universe for giving me yet another day in the physical form, knowing several people will not have that opportunity. And I'm just up early giving thanks. Every day, repetition, 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 repetition. We don't like to study. We're lazy. We want instant everything. I want it now. I mean, the phone, if I phone, you click a button, we think something's wrong because we're in a rush. We rush to eat. Everything is in a rush. And, and, and until we slow down and start with the food and start with the decisions of food, we our food choices, that was not a shameless plug for the documentary, y'all, man. But we will have you know, this problem. Period. That's so true, Dee. Obviously, health is wealth. And, you know, what, what you're advocating with, you know, how you're training to live and this plant-based lifestyle um, and the positive mindset um, and what you're doing with strength training and yoga and basically every moment being a living, breathing meditation You've got, you know, 10 years now of living proof that it works from when you were given, you know, just months left to live. So you've defied the odds because, as you said, it's been repetition, repetition, repetition of a system that works. And so um, this knowledge is accessible to everyone who's open to receiving it. And I hope that people who listen to the show and get as fired up and inspired by you as Scott and I are, we'll share this episode far and wide because people don't have to live being sick. They don't have to live in suffering. You can free yourself from this. There is another way. You are proof of that. Um, it's just a matter of having access to the information and making the decision that you want more for yourself and for your life. And, you know, it, Scott and I have talked about this a lot recently, you know, we're big believers that change only happens when you're willing to move beyond what's comfortable. So shit might get uncomfortable for a few moments, but it's better on the other side than whatever you're dealing with being sick here or being depressed or being suicidal or having addictions that you can't deal with. Um, you know, if you can move past those things and have the beautiful, healthy, happy life of your dreams, then do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, and I just want to say- uh, Excellent. I'm a big believer that like, I don't I don't want to learn from some, I, you, know, you can learn from anybody, right? But you're talking about important things. 
I don't really want to hear from somebody who hasn't done it. I don't want to hear from somebody who hasn't lived it and it hasn't, and I can't see what it's done for them. And man, there is no better living example of anyone I've ever met in my life than someone like you who has been through hell and back and has somehow, some way found stuff that just works and is beautiful. And man, if it can help you, it can help anybody. And it could, if it's changed your life, it will change anybody's life. And so that's who I want to learn from. I mean, I, you know, when we get offline, I want to keep this going because I, I find you absolutely fascinating and brilliant. Thank you, I can't imagine anyone watching to this or listening to this that isn't like, man, I, I got to find this guy because, man, you, you, you're not preaching it, you're living it. And there's a big difference. You know, like there's that saying of like, I, I don't want to learn. I don't want to work out with a, like an overweight trainer. You know, I want my trainer to look a lot better than I do. Cause otherwise, why am I, why am I learning from this guy? You know, it's, it's that. And so, uh, man, I, you. I, that's all I want to say about that. This has been a great conversation, uh, D Anthony. And we're so grateful for your, your vulnerability and your openness to share your amazing journey. Um, you, you are one of the most incredible human beings that we've ever met. Uh, right now, it's just been virtually, but we're looking forward to the day when we can hug it out in person um, and spend some quality time um, together. And I, I just think you're one of the brightest lights that, that I've ever met. And I'm just overcome with emotion because I'm so inspired by you. And I really hope everybody gets the opportunity to meet someone as special and as beautiful as you because i've i've learned so much and i feel like my heart expanded you know in this time that we've that we've spent together talking and and i just really think you you give so much goodness to the world and i just hope that the universe continues to bless you because you're putting so much positivity out there and you just deserve to get all of that back tenfold. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say Thank is you, this, this is all about like this podcast is really about um, whoever we're talking to. It's all about like what sets your soul on fire. You know, that's kind of what Amy and I were talking about. That's really what we want to get to because, you know, that's what makes life worth living. Helping people. Like yeah. helping people. Like when you read the treatment I sent you, the name of it is called five days for five lives and what that represents is between surgery four and eleven i was being rolled to the operating room and you know i was at surgery four and i was not cocky but i was like i can do this even though i knew it was an indefinite amount of operations huh? i was already at about maybe 150 tumors at that point in four operations. And before every operation, they make me sign waivers. And I signed them the first four times, but something, I don't know, was it the anesthesia, you know, they give you right before you say goodbye to all the family and then they just roll you and it's just you on the gurney with the 
with the nurse or whatever that's rolling you. And then there was another nurse with the clipboard as they're rolling me. And I'm just signing my name away, signing, signing. And I'm signing because technically my my situation is inoperable. They were doing this kind of to appease me and my plea to my fight. Because again, nobody before me has lived through any of that. So they were, because I really told them I wasn't ready to die. So whatever you had to do, and then they were like, we're gonna have to do a bunch of surgeries. And I don't know if they thought they were gonna surgery me till I quit, but I was never gonna give up if it was a hundred surgeries. But I'm, they're rolling and I'm signing, rolling and I'm signing. And I get to like, it's 13 pages and I get to like page 11. And something hits me where I start freaking out. And my brain is like, they have you signing waivers to exclude them for responsibility should something go wrong. Like all of these papers, so they don't have to be responsible and they're about to cut you. And that drove me insane on that gurney. And I went inside myself, it scared the crap out of me. And I started talking to the creator. I've told the creator, if you allow me to get through this, if you allow me to live, I will say goodbye to my company. I had a marketing company, but it was nothing that we didn't market. We marketed adult entertainment, anything we were marketing company. I said it was great money, but but it was it was it was that industry. It was the music industry, it was all of that same negative industry, uh, which is great money, but it'll destroy your soul. I was like, I will walk away from that. I will walk away from the money. I will walk away from life as it is and kill who I am and come back as D. Anthony Evans. And I don't promise to be a, a, a reverend, but I promise to get up every single morning and work toward being a better person than I was the day before. And I'm going to throw in, I'm literally having a conversation like God is listening to me. And I say, I'm going to throw in that I, I until I die, I make a pact to touch three to five people in hopes that you give me three to five days. So what you see in them videos is me just holding up to my side of the bargain because that's why I'm not scared because I know I get up and do what I said I was going to do when I was facing certain death. I don't know anybody who, 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 who can say that. Like I know why I'm here and service service. I'm not here for me. I'm here for everybody. I had an amazing life. As, as shitty as it got, I did I did a lot of things in my 35 years. As far as I'm concerned, I'm only 10 years old. I'm 10 years old. And that's what you see a 10-year-old boy in a man's body that's responsible. And if everybody doesn't wait to that bad doctor's appointment and adopt this same mindset. You can move mountains. I got terminal cancer. You might can fly. Like we just, man, we have no idea what we're capable of. That's all I got. You are a, uh, in my opinion, you are a towering figure. Uh, and everybody needs to know about you. And, and hear your words and see you as the uh, inspirational figure that you are. You are a, you're a legend, man. You're a legend. So 
I, I can't thank you enough for being on this podcast with us. Uh, this was, I learned so much. I, I'm so grateful for you, um, for thank being you grateful to thank you for sharing your experience and your knowledge, which is formidable. Um, I just, I'm just so grateful to you. Thank you so much. Wow. 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 Oh my goodness. That was incredible. Wow. Thank you, D. Anthony, for that massive dose of positivity and inspiration. We are going to be like vibing off of this for days. If that doesn't change your perspective on life, I don't think anything will. Yeah. So take that inspiration with you, apply it to your own lives. And don't forget to head on over wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe, leave us a five star rating and a great review. We certainly appreciate you all. Yeah, and if you have a second and you're still searching the web, if you're one of the, I don't know, uh, 8 billion people on this planet that does that, check out trueheart.com. We'd really appreciate to have you uh, join our community and just search with us. It's free and easy. Powers donations to six amazing nonprofits. So thanks for checking it out. And thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with another awesome episode. And uh, that's it. Be good to yourselves.